Liv just comes out firing as she does. She's pissed about the dress and she's like, this is your fault. And Daniel's like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you Isn't everything that Karen's significant other's fault? Oh, <laughs> as a man who has been through the process, yes, you're just, you're hunkered down in a bunker. In, hunkered in like down the, in a bunker. The that 60 could be, days before that could a be wedding. A bumper sticker. <laughs> hunkered down in a bunker. Just a groom hunkered down in a bunker, man. Just, just... T-shirts, things <laughs> flying over your head, and you're just dodging them. And you're just, you're just. You notice how many, how much video games I played before our wedding? A lot. <laughs> that was my bunker. It was the basement. I'm just trying to avoid everything, and I'm agreeing with everything and anything that comes yeah, up. Yeah. It's just yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. It, that looks great. Oh no, that that won't be too bad. Nobody's even gonna notice that. Yeah, nobody will even know on the day. Don't worry. Welcome to the Romcom Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you found us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? This week we have Bride Wars! And wherever you're listening to us, make sure you throw us a follow, leave a review, as well... If you ever want to reach out about anything on the pod, you want to become, of the, uh, become a part of the RCR fam uh, on Instagram, at Romcom Rewinds. We have a message from Paige. She says, hi, Sarah and Devin. I've been listening to the pod for a few months now, but I just listened to the Mamma Mia episode. I loved it, but was heartbroken when Devin said he didn't love hairspray. That's <laughs> is, one- <laughs> is that what she took out of that yeah, whole thing? Okay. I mean, the fact you don't like hairspray is outrageous. To, to be fair, in that episode, I think I also said that I don't really love ABBA. And I love that she's like, screw the ABBA thing. Um, hairspray is much more egregious. She goes on to say, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it would be great for the podcast. Love listening to you guys. Thank you, Paige. Well, and and welcome to a new listener. Only just started a couple months ago. Welcome, Paige. No matter who you are, how long you've been listening, we would love to hear from you at Romcom Rewind on Instagram. Bride Wars is a 2009 romantic comedy directed by Gary Winnick. He's done a, a few romantic comedies, this guy. Uh, this is the story of childhood best friends Liv, played by Kate Hudson, and Emma, played by Anne Hathaway. Liv and Emma have always ever dreamed of only one thing, getting married in New York City's famous Plaza Hotel in June. That's it. However, when both of these ladies get engaged more or less around the same time and the plaza, through a series of strange events, only has bookings for the exact same day in June of which they were both supposed to be made of honors for each other's weddings, um, these friends quickly turn to enemies as wild debauchery ensues. I'll leave that as your lead-in for Bride Wars. What are your thoughts? We're marrying one o'clock, and we're each other's maids of honor. I have three openings at the plaza. Two, the sixth, one, the 27th. Oh, my parents' anniversary is the sixth. It's so meant to be. Oh, then I'll take the 27th. You want to discuss this with the grooms? No. no. That's good for Isn't you. that gorgeous? Oh, my God. It's stunning. Maybe I should keep looking. Get the dress. Marion. Your wedding dates have been booked on the same day. Which one of you wants to choose another venue? Wait, what? This movie, I just, every time I watch it, it's so fun. <laughs> I think the debauchery and the revenge-seeking plots and um, hilarity in this movie is wonderful. I mean, Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson, they do a phenomenal job. Um, 
The fact that Chris Pratt is Fletcher in this movie, oh, I, I had to do like a triple take because I was like, wait, is that Chris Pratt? Is that Chris Pratt? Oh my God, it is. Like, it took me a second to realize that it was him. Actors were wonderful in this whole movie. The writing I thought was really uh, well done. It's a true rom-com. It hits all the tropes, um, but I like it. It's kind of like more of a girly girl um, rom-com, if that makes sense. I mean, rom-coms are already girly girl, but like... It's like the not rated R bridesmaids. Yes. And, you know, but it's, it's like almost, it hits all the debauchery, but it's not yeah, quite as crass, if that right, makes sense. Right, right. And like... A, well, it is still outrageous, yes, but it's, sure. I don't know. You know what? Throw Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson in a movie and I'll watch it. Guaranteed. I love them. Okay. I, I agree with everything you said. I think it's the most fun and ridiculous. I've got a question though, like Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson watching this. I kind of thought like, is this as close as you get to the essence of themselves in any movie? Like I'm watching this being like, I think Anne Hathaway is actually Emma. Like, <laughs> that's very close to who I imagine Anne Hathaway is in real life. Same with Kate Hudson. Like, maybe she's a little bit meaner in this. But I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's just who I think Kate Hudson is as a human being. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And I mean, we we did um, kind of strategically time this because we did Overboard with Goldie Hawn last week. And then we're doing Bride Wars with her daughter, Kate Hudson, this week. And I'm glad we did them back to back because everybody says like, oh, Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawn, they look so similar. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. But seeing Goldie Hawn <laughs> in the 80s and seeing Kate Hudson in yeah. this, I'm like, yes, they yes, do. Yes, they, they do. look so similar. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I, I thought of doing this as a bit, but we, we don't have to. I don't have anything prepped for it. But one of these days we need to do like most unexpected glow ups, maybe because I think Chris Pratt. Especially if you look at Chris Pratt, Pratt from his Parks and Rec days. Oh, definitely. And then seeing who he becomes in like Guardians of the Galaxy or yeah. this. Kid got ripped, shredded up. I have to say. Was anybody expecting this from Chris Pratt though? Like A-list movie star? I don't think, no. I don't think anyone expected this from the, the actors who joined in the Marvel universe to blow up the way they did. Like they have skyrocketed and I use it because like that's how he flies with his like you know boots wow as Star Lord also a character named Rocket Star Lord in the, yeah he's Star Lord yes. yeah the raccoon anyway, is Rocket yeah they have launched quite a few careers you know it's funny you mentioned that because literally this morning I was on TikTok and I saw an interview with Jack Black mm -hmm. talking about shooting Tropic Thunder and he's like Nobody cared about Robert Downey Jr. back right. then because he had just finished filming Iron Man, but it wasn't out yet. So everybody's like, oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s back. He's doing movies again. Yes, because yes, like, he had a little bit of a slump. Well, he, you he know, had some personal had things, some and that's, things. that's yes, fine. Yes. But yeah, Jack Black was like, everybody was like, oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s back. And then five years later, it's like, he's like holy no, he's back. shit. He was back. Yeah. And when he was filming that was like literally right before the, it's all about to happen. Right. Probably same for Chris Pratt in this. When did the first Guardians of the Galaxy come out? I don't know. You think about it, and I'm ten years ago. Gonna... Let's say ten years ago. So 2013. Yeah, you're so close. 2014. Okay. And this movie's 09. So in those five years, Chris Pratt shedded about 50 pounds and made back 30 in muscle, <laughs> and was like, "I'm gonna be a Marvel superhero." <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have thunk it. No, me neither. Especially based on this movie, because he was almost a sec. Well, he was a secondary character in this in this movie. Um. And yeah, you didn't really think, like, to be honest, I thought Brian Greenberg, who plays Nate, uh, Liv's brother, would have skyrocketed more than um, Chris Pratt Fletcher's character. He's, 
it, he's definitely got more classical good looks, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think people tried to tee him up as being like one of the next it guys. I think so, and yeah. it kind of happened, yeah. kind of didn't, yeah. Yeah. And if you have any most unexpected glow-ups or A-list star stories, let me know. But yeah, Yes, because we will do it at some point. Yeah, it's too easy not to do. We got <laughs> We got to jump in there. All right, so we start out two little besties and their moms go to the Plaza Hotel for afternoon tea in June. And that day they see a bride and groom getting married at the Plaza and they become obsessed and they want their dream to be to get married at the Plaza in June and stay best friends forever. We move to the present day and they're still besties and they're at a friend's wedding and they're judging it hard and realize it's not as good as if it would be at the plaza in June. The bride is throwing the bouquet and just as Liv and Emma are about to catch it, we have a narrator and she stops and says, I would have seen the signs. Look at how intense they are about this. And then it kind of starts the story. So Liv is a lawyer and Emma is a teacher. And we see that their personalities are extremely different from one another. Liv is a go-getter, very ambitious, while Emma is a little passive and a yes woman. We, we see that uh, she kind of just goes along and goes with the flow. The two girls are at Liv's house and she's trying to find something for Emma to wear. And Liv is going through the closet and she finds a ring box. We find dun, dun, out, dun. yes, that Liv's boyfriend is going to propose no timeline yet as to when it's actually going to happen, but we know he has the ring. The two girls, Liv and Emma, go to a bar, and as they walk in, Emma says, you know what, Liv, don't say anything because it hasn't happened yet. Of course, that's not Liv's personality. Liv literally walks in the bar and tells her two other girlfriends that are waiting there for them, I'm engaged. They all do tequila shots, and Liv's brother, Nate, comes in, and we meet Liv's brother, played by Brian Greenberg. I love him. I think he's really hot. Um, that's just me. I literally have in my notes, who is hot? <laughs> hey, you know, sure. And then someone says that it's one of the most important days of a girl's life to get married. And Liv immediately gets up, grabs her coat and goes outside. We find out that Liv's parents have passed away and haven't been there for a lot of milestones for both her and her brother. Later that night, Emma's at home with her boyfriend Fletcher for dinner. They're having Chinese food. And she says, oh, I don't think they sent any fortune cookies. And Fletcher says, oh, yeah, they're over here. I have them. So she goes over. It turns out he proposes in one of the fortune cookies. Emma is now engaged before her best friend, Liv. Is that like, I mean, guys, we could care less. But in girl world, is that like a really big deal? No, but I think it plays into their personalities. Okay. Where this moment is very, very important to both of them. But again, Emma being a little bit more passive. Liv is, lives in alpha. Liv is the alpha. And the fact you can immediately see it the next day. The next day they, they go jogging together. And Liv plays it off that she's super pumped, you know, for, for her best friend, Emma. But you can just tell on her face. She's like, oh, you've already set up a date with the, the wedding planner, the wedding planner that we both are going to have. And she gets jealous so much that she ends up running off to go home. No, she goes to her her boyfriend's workplace and begs him in front of everybody to just marry him and propose already begs i would say she tore a strip off yes, of. yes. why have you not proposed yet <laughs> yeah she just i know you have, have the ring just propose already <laughs> and he's like you know what i will tell you i have never met a more obnoxious complicated overbearing gorgeous smart sexy woman in my life and <laughs> If you had just waited until tonight, <gasps> well, then you wouldn't be the woman I fell in love with because she doesn't know how to wait. 
Yeah. Which is fine as long as I get to spend the rest of my life trying to catch up with her. Liv, will you marry me? I was going to do it tonight. So if you would have just waited, you know, five more hours, you would be engaged too. He is, uh, his character is Daniel, played by Stephen Howey, though, from American Shameless, is where you know him from. Yes, he is in Shameless. Yeah. Um, he's in a lot of like random things. I, I've never not liked him. I was going to say, so. I wish he was in more, like yeah. more movies like this. Like, I think he actually might be able to carry a rom com. Sure, maybe. Like, I, I, yeah, I've never not liked him. He's always just kind of the fun, happy-go-lucky. I mean, in Shameless, he's an interesting character, but he's yeah. always like, <laughs> yeah. he's always likable enough that you're like, oh, it's it's that guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, now they're. Oh my god! Sorry, oh. I'm just on his IMDb, and you know, I'm looking through all the classic stuff. He was <laughs> on Reba for like the whole show. Really five seasons oh wow you know what i never really got into reba 125 episodes people loved it okay yeah you know he was on reba yeah he he wasn't just like on reba he was on reba (laughs) you know like that's that's like he was in the show how many times have you heard the theme song to reba sarah not enough Really? Well, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't like play it off the top of my head. Do you know what the Reba intro is? <laughs> no. Oh, yes, I do. Just single mom. Yeah. Who works so anytime Sarah leaves me with our son, and I'm like, I end up doing a lot of things with him. I'll say, like, like for example, if I need to cook and he's kind of being annoying, whatever. We love kids, but they can be a lot of times. I'll like take a video of myself like with him, like I'll be cooking. He'll be in like my front carrier. So he's cooking with me and I'll play on our Google home, like the intro to Reba. And I'll send that to Sarah. Yes, and then I'll send it to me while I'm out, you know, with some girlfriends or wherever. (laughs) Maybe sometimes I'm grocery shopping for our household. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'll get this video of him playing that in the background with Wells and just like hanging out. And I'm like, oh my God, just shake my head. You know, I just shake my head. Reba intro, classic stuff. Yes, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's the Reba intro. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll send you more of those videos. Maybe I'll post them on our Rom-Com Rewind Instagram. All right, so now both women are engaged and they they go to the appointment that Emma originally had just for herself. They go together to meet this wedding planner, um, Marion St. Clair. And the appointment, they they meet them, they get there, they both have their wedding dates, they leave there ecstatic. They have, I think, June 6th and then the other one is at the end of the month. They're pumped, they can both be each other's maid of honor, yay. They have the plaza in June. And at this point, they've both gotten separate dates for the plaza in June. Right. How sought after do you think the plaza in New York City is? I mean, based on this movie alone. You would think it would be like the most important venue in the world. It's actually, I I found a list of best top wedding venues in New York City. It's actually number two on the list. Like as of like most sought after? Yeah. Well, top wedding venues is what they say. Not necessarily most sought after, but like they're, yeah, there's the Rainbow Room. There's the Museum of Natural History. That would be really cool to have a wedding at. I, I would want that. But, so I was trying to find like, most difficult to book mm. wedding venues. Couldn't really like, find exactly that. I was going to say, that's really hard. But I think I've found for us the most expensive wedding venues Ooh, in the world. Okay, I love it. Tell me. I mean, In really, the world? Well, 
listen, you could do a wedding anywhere. Like you could just pay somebody any amount of money to do a wedding somewhere. But like in terms of places that are like, we do weddings, here's how much it costs. Oh my gosh. Tell me. I can't wait. Number one. Where do you think it is? Where in the world? Number one. Number one. That I could find anyway. Singapore. No. Number one. You, I mean, it's an island. You can rent out an entire island. Key West, Florida. It's called Little Palm Island. I guess the flat rate to rent the island for a weekend is $500,000. Stop it. And then there's there's all the extra (gasps) amenities or whatever that go on top of that. What? Number two. Okay. It's actually a location that Sarah, it's one of your favorite places on the planet. Think about it. Think about it. In Iceland? No. Oh. Ravello. Oh, Italy, in Italy. Amalfi oh, Coast. Amalfi Coast. There's yes. a place called Hotel Caruso there. Apparently it's like the most luxurious hotel. I believe it. On this list, it has a beautiful like it's it's pretty high up so it's got this raised rooftop patio thing that you could do the whole oh ceremony gosh. and you can look out over the Amalfi <gasps> Coast. Wow. $434,000 is where that starts. Macaroni. Um like I said India, there's a palace you can rent out for $380,000. Cool. Blackberry Farm, tennis Tennessee 315. And by the way, these are like extravagant numbers, but it's very low amount of people that can be here. Like there's still like 120 ish for most of these locations. Invite a thousand of your closest friends. Like obviously there's not going to be like a massive amount of people. I feel like if you can afford a wedding that is that much money, you don't want a thousand people at your wedding. True. I'm just saying like for that much money, like you're not actually getting like a 700 person right hall. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like still fairly mm. intimate. Yeah. The big, yeah. The biggest wedding I've been to was with 450 people. I think. Was that the one in China? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It was wild. Like it was so many people. So there you go. The, the plaza though for New York city, it's pretty high on the list. That is really cool. You know what? I just, I feel like I want to look up the plaza now. Just to see what it looks like. Or if we ever go to New York, I want to go there. (laughs) Just to see it. So the two women go wedding dress shopping. And we find out that Emma is actually wearing her mother's dress for her wedding. Um, But she really has her eye on a Vera Wang. But Liv ends up trying, being the alpha, Liv ends up trying it on and loving it. And then, of course, getting it. Which is a little bit of a lunch bag letdown, I think, for Emma. But she knows she's wearing her mother's dress. Yeah. And again... The reason why she's wearing her mother's dress is because she thinks it would make her mother happy. Not because she wants to wear it, but because it would make her mom happy. And we've, we do find out later, I don't know if I'll remember to mention this, but her mom didn't care if she wore her wedding dress. She wanted Emma to be happy and to wear her own wedding dress. Yeah. So, so girls, wear the dress you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick tip from Sarah. Wear what you want to wear. Based on this movie. Um, just then, Marion calls, and a mistake has been made. An epic mistake. Their weddings have been booked on the same day, both on June 6th at 5 p.m. They persuade Marion St. Clair's assistant to give them the number of the bride who took the later date in June, Stacy. Yeah, so there were only three dates available in June, two of which were on June 6th. So the girls were like, sweet, we'll just split. Like, we won't do that. One of us is June 6th, the other one's later in June, but... I feel like that is on the yeah. direct, like you just yeah. got to fix this. Yeah. And you like, yeah, they signed a contract for their specific date. The date is on there. You got to figure that out with the other bride. Clearly. Isn't Liv a lawyer? Like sue her or I know, something. Come I on. Know. So anyway, they hunt down. <laughs> I love um, how I'm like, you should sue her. But with like, the pitchforks. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so the two girls, they find Stacy 
um, and try to convince her to change her date. And she refuses, like outright refuses, and then calls them crazy and security escorts them out of the building that they're in. So now they're both stuck doing June 6th. And they kind of come to a thing where they're both walking together and they're like, well, one of us is going to have to change. And the other's like, yeah, for sure. One of us will have to change. And you can just see the tension rising between them that Emma is normally the one to concede and she doesn't want to. This is her dream. She's been saving up for this forever. And we know by this point that Liv makes a lot more money than Emma. And yes, it's her dream to do that, but there's no give on Liv's part. The girls now have not spoken for an entire week. And just when Emma is going to concede, her fiance Fletcher tells her that I just got off the phone with uh, Liv's fiance they're choosing their save the dates and they're going to send it out and emma realizes that she was never going like Liv was never ever going to concede she was just going to move forward with sending save the dates and emma knew you know and she knew that emma would eventually give in so to beat her to it she sends out an email <laughs> to her wedding guest list to save the date. two of their friends are throwing them a dual bridal shower and this is where we find out that emma sent out her save the dates and the feud begins they totally argue in front of everyone at the shower Liv even tells emma that she settles for everything in life and emma says are you talking about fletcher and she says no you came up with that one on your own Ooh, ooh. but neither one of them will budge on their date they send out both of them their official wedding invites and both again on June 6th at 5 p.m. Now they just have to find new maids of honor since their friends won't take sides. Liv gets her assistant to do it and Emma gets her coworker Deb, who she hates. So they're both like trying to live this dream, but like they're both conceding anyway. We find out Liv steals Emma's DJ and while Liv is picking out her cake with Marion St. Clair, she reads Emma's wedding book. And finds out that uh, Emma is going to be doing dance lessons. Emma finds out that, of course, Liv, Liv's dress is very tight on her. So if she gains a little bit of a, a little bit of weight, she's going to have to let her dress out. So she starts delivering chocolates and sweets to to Liv. And it's just like this this banter and this revenge. They just keep going back and forth to each other. The bride wars have begun. Correct. Now. We've kind of talked about this in the past. We, we've done a lot of like wedding moments on the pod in the past, but I don't know if we've gone specifically into bridezillas. <laughs> Real stories of people <laughs> who are no, were part of bridezilla weddings or yeah. whatever. Like, I, I have for you a bunch of stories that I wanted to oh, share with you. Yes. Okay, I can't wait. All right. As found on Reddit, um, <laughs> this person tells a story. Several years ago, a friend of mine asked me to be a bridesmaid in her wedding. There were six of us plus the maid of honor, so seven total. The bride wow. had picked out her dress already, one for the maid of honor and one for the bridesmaids. The dress itself was lovely, but a bit expensive at $400 each. Oh my God. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. Also, two of these people were still in college, so they were like super, money super tight. For sure. Uh, anyway, so the bride asked the maid of honor to coordinate with all of them for fittings and alterations and such as one of her duties. The maid of honor decided she would pay for all of the dresses on her credit card because she wanted oh, the air miles. no. And we would pay her back directly. Do you know no. where this is going? No. Well, Ooh. I can kind of see. I mean, anytime anybody puts something on their credit card. Oh, I think it's going a different direction than, oh, you, than okay. you think it is, which is exciting. 
Um, she says none of us minded, and she was even cool with them paying back in installments. Oh, okay, that's really nice. She said, I wasn't able to go with everyone to pick up the dresses because of finals week, and I planned to go by myself the following weekend. No big deal. The maid of honor said she would pay for mine on the group trip, but to call her if there were any issues with the dress itself, and she would just handle it. So she gets there. The dress fits perfectly. Awesome. The shop shop owner scoots off while I'm changing back into my street clothes uh, since she has another client coming in, but confirms we're all set as I'm walking out. Uh, another person working there says, hey, that's going to be $200. What? So she's like, <laughs> okay, like, apologies. I thought the maid of honor had paid for everything yeah. over the weekend. And then the shop owner comes out and they're like, yeah, you know what? That's right. Everything was paid for. But <laughs> no. she realizes the shop owner said $200. Right. The maid of honor and the bride said $400. <gasps> they so, were making money on the dresses? What? They were, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. They were getting the bridal party to pay extra to pay for the bride's dress is basically what was happening. Oh my God. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I know, right? <gasps> Holy like the shit. Gall, imagine. <gasps> oh my God, I'm blown away. That's well, crazy. What would you do? Like, would you stay oh in that wedding? I would be. I'd I, be appalled. I probably would. I don't know what I would do. Oh God, I would definitely. <laughs> Oh my God, I would definitely bring it up to the, I would definitely oh, be like, what? You right. got to explain this to me. Why are you doing this? And t you can take that off of the bachelorette party that I have to go to. <laughs> <laughs> the, you're not getting a wedding gift anymore. You That's know, your wedding like, gift. Yeah, Goodbye. exactly. Or something like that. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I had to pay for this. I'm like, taking it off of that. I feel like the amount of money makes it, because well, like if I was paying for a trip and somebody after the fact was like, by the way. Everybody paid an extra 40 bucks to make yeah. sure the the uh, groomsmen didn't have to do whatever. I'd be like, oh yeah, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. $200 is a lot of money. transparent about it. Yeah, totally. Okay, this next story. Uh, best friend of mine of many, many years got engaged, immediately asked me to be bridesmaid. I was thrilled for about 0.2 seconds until she said, ha, now I get to make <laughs> you dress girly. Okay. So there were requirements for the dress, for the heels... This person says, I had to grow my hair to at least bob length. No. I had to dye my hair. I had to get a tan, fake or sunbed, doesn't matter, but it had to happen. What? Um, this person basically says, like, I'm an absolute tomboy, and I feel really uncomfortable wearing dresses. Right. Um, but it's the bride's big day, so I offered to do all of it except for grow out my hair, which apparently was not good enough. The bride said what? that that would ruin her photos. Oh, my God. If she had, quote, crap, short hair. What? So arguments start, texts and group chats of plenty telling me I was being stubborn and it's for one day and I should suck it up, which to be clear, it's not for one day. You're growing your hair out for like months if you want it to be long. Yeah. This person says, uh, eventually my, my dad was diagnosed with an illness. So we mutually agreed that my dad was the priority and I stepped down uh, as bridemaid to be guest. She asked me what me and my girlfriend would be wearing. And I replied that we had tailor-made suits from a wedding last year and that they would be perfect. She told me she didn't want everyone, and this is this is an inappropriate comment, so trigger warning. Uh, she said she didn't want everyone staring at two lesbians in suits <gasps> and that everyone would be talking about us and taking attention away from her. Oh my God, how self-absorbed is this bride? How self-absorbed? Who cares? And it kind of makes the rest you. of the story make sense of like, you know, she... Clearly, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if the bride even just thought she'd say no in the first place. Well, 
Uh, she did say no now. Like she, yeah, she's good. like, we're not even going to the wedding. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter anymore. Oh my god! You know what? I've heard of somebody asking somebody not to be in their um, party anymore because they got pregnant and they'd ruin the photos. Okay, I did find a story like that where That's it happened insane. during the like this is uh, so it happened during the fitting where the bride and all the bridesmaids went to the dress fitting. All the dresses were great, but it was kind of one of kind of like sounded like a Vera Wang where yeah. like. If you're not flat stomached, it's, It'll sh- yeah. it's noticeable. It's not flattering. And one of the bridesmaids, her dress wasn't fitting right. So the bride was like getting ready to like sue this company who was making the dresses. And it like one of the workers ended up taking the woman aside. She's like, hey, like, uh-uh. just want to <laughs> chat with you about it. And the person just blurted out. She's like, I'm pregnant. Oh and she told, apparently the bride told them not to get pregnant. And she's like, I haven't told okay. anybody. You can't tell you can't- somebody to not get pregnant. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> this is so That ridiculous. is crazy behavior. People are insane. It's one day. It's one I day. I mean, I get it. You know what? It's a very special day and it's like, it's everything some people have dreamed of, but like you can't tell other people what to do to that extent. That's absurd. Well, people have to live their lives. Yeah. Especially when it's affecting them for like, but like you're putting your life on hold for this wedding. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get pregnant. If I'm, if I'm trying to get pregnant, I'm going to get pregnant. Exactly. Oh my God, this is wild. I've got more great stories, but I feel like this film is all just like, they're both bridezillas. Yeah. So that's yeah. part one to the bridezillas story. I love the Stories via Reddit. We'll get, we'll get to more <laughs> oh my later. God, I, I can't wait to hear the rest. Let's continue with the story of Emma and Liv. Now Liv, like I mentioned, uh, wants to mess with Emma's first dance. And at their dance practice, we find out that someone who has a lot of passion in dance will be teaching them how to do their first dance. And it's kind of like, I think it might be, I don't know if it's the same guy from Bring It On, but it is, it's the same song from Bring It same On. Same energy too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, jazz hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we find out after the practice, and I put that in air quotes, uh, is over because the actual instructor shows up and is like okay we're gonna start doing it and emma knows right away that this was liv's handiwork yeah so to get back to uh to get back to Liv, emma puts in their hometown newspaper an engagement uh ad and it is a wonderful beautiful picture of emma but a terrible very prepubescent um brace filled Liv. And again, Liv knows exactly. As she's stuffing her face with cookies, Liv Sent knows by Emma. Yeah, that it has been Emma who's been doing this. So Liv starts a rumor that Emma's pregnant. <laughs> Which like just it gets zanier and it zanier. Does. It just gets wild. Then Liv goes to try on her Vera Wang dress and the dress doesn't fit because of all the shit she's been eating. Liv also finds out that it wasn't her fiance who's sending her all of these dessert treat baskets. This but was it my was best Emma. scene, by the way. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, once again, I, I love Steve Howie. I think he's just such a sweet, genuine actor. And so the, in this scene, like... <laughs> Liv just comes out firing as she does. She's pissed about the dress and she's like, this is your fault. And Daniel's like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you- Isn't everything that cares significant <laughs> other's fault? Oh, <laughs> as a man who has been through the process. <laughs> yes. You're just, you're hunkered down in a bunker. In, hunkered in like down the, in a bunker. The that 60 could be, days before that could a be wedding. A bumper sticker. <laughs> 
hunkered down in a bunker. Just a groom hunkered down in a bunker, man. Just, just t- t-shirts. T- t- things <laughs> flying over your head, and you're just dodging them. And you're just, you're just. You notice how many, how much video games I played before our wedding? A lot. <laughs> that was my bunker. It was the basement. I'm just trying to avoid everything, and I'm agreeing with everything and anything that comes yeah, up. Yeah. It's just yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. It, that looks great. Oh no, that that won't be too bad. Nobody's even gonna notice that. Yeah, nobody will even know on the day. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, and that, that's kind of his vibe, but he is like, I-, I wasn't sending you any of that stuff. And there's one line that kills me when Liv's like the international butter, butter club club. You didn't send me that. And he's like, hold on. Is that like butter from different countries? Like, Which actually is such a cool <laughs> idea. Would I eat it? Yes. <laughs> exactly. You're like, that sounds disgusting, but you're like, at delicious. the same time, like oh if it's God. just like a one month and you get, I, I would I, I'd give it a shot. A free trial. A hey, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a free trial to the International Butter Club. I, yeah. I'd test it just to see. Oh my god! Uh, and then she like, because I thought that was that was like a Dwight Schrute versus Jim Halpert office totally. level. Like all the other things were just like pranks here and there, but that one was. That took some mastermind yes, shit yes. from that Emma. That was like some Mean Girls shit where like they had her only eating high fat <laughs> bars. Exactly. Where she couldn't fit into her clothes. Yeah, yes. that was epic. That was like the long game. Like Emma, totally. Emma, ruthless, playing the long game. That took months to figure. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so love the closure on that. Love Daniel's, uh, Steve Howie's acting in that. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so we figured out that the reason why the Vera Wang dress isn't fitting, it's all Emma. Yeah, and it worked. She got her fat. <laughs> it's the final week before the wedding, and so... I love, by the way, can I also interject? Of course. It clearly didn't look like Kate Hudson had gained any Obviously weight Obviously not. <laughs> which, like, which is what I love the most. Let's put a fat suit of five pounds on <laughs> Kate Hudson. <laughs> but but oh, she's like, oh, the dress isn't fitting. I'm like... She still looks great to me. I don't know what's different here. This is. <laughs> oh, God. So to get back at Emma for Liv gaining five pounds, Liv sneaks into the tanning salon where Emma's going to get a spray tan. And Emma makes uh, and makes Emma look orange. This is my best scene because like this is where it gets really epic. So this flows into the hairdressing. And so like these two scenes are my best scenes. So Emma is very orange. She's walking down the street, extremely orange. She switched the dyes or, or however that works, the tanning solutions to make her very orange. So to get Liv back, Emma goes to the salon and changes the dye and makes her hair blue. Okay, I, I don't know what happened. Um, I got to let it sit for a day or two. Maybe I, I'll, I'll try to strip it down to white. My hair's blue! It's blue! I have blue hair! I'm getting married in a week! Congratulations. So now Liv's hair is blue. Emma's orange, Liv is blue. (laughs) And it just keeps getting better and better. Liv goes into the vault of her items to get a CD that says Emma's spring break, which can mean nothing good. And when Emma gets home to her apartment, there is, it's full of baby stuff because Liv started that rumor that she was pregnant and there's been deliveries upon deliveries of baby stuff to their apartment. It's the night of Liv's bachelorette party and Emma isn't invited Emma crashes Liv's bachelorette party by saying she's also a bride. So the two of them get up onto the stage and have a dance off in the strip club <laughs> and Emma wins. It turns out Emma is a wild girl and Liv is not as like happy go like I guess uh, easygoing as we kind of thought she was. And turns out, yeah, she's more wild than she lets on. 
Liv wakes up the next morning. It's her big meeting at work with a very important client, and she's late. She's hungover, and she has blue hair. She ends up taking the shirt that she's wearing, which I think actually makes this worse, and puts it on top of her head. I think the blue hair would have been better. Yeah. Uh, it's just a complete mess. She's a complete mess. She loses the client. I think she might lose her job. At home, Liv feels really lonely without Emma. And then back at Emma and Fletcher's apartment, Fletcher's pissed at Emma. And we can kind of see a shift in Fletcher as of late. You know, Emma's gained a lot of confidence and and really has become a better self. Her emotions are a lot more at the forefront. She's not pushing everything down and pretending like everything's okay, which Fletcher thinks is a sign that the like of the wedding stress or is it actually going to be permanent because he is not on board for that that's what he says to her mm-hmm. and she's like hold on wait you liked the little passive you know me but this is who i am i'm just being my true self now and Fletcher's like well i don't like it it's a red flag yeah that's a big red flag so Liv is out for a walk and sees emma and tries calling out but emma has her earbuds in so she can't hear her we then see the same in return where Emma tries to call Liv but doesn't get through. So we can see they're they're both very lonely. It's leading up to the wedding and there's a lot of emotion. Emma's out walking and runs into Liv's brother Nate and she goes with him to get his tux. We can see that there's totally something between them. Definitely. He, he even says to her he waited too long. And then Emma kind of gets like gunshot and just kind of like leaves and says, oh, you know what? You look great. I got to go. Bye. Another love interest. I love it. Dun, dun. So much. <laughs> I wish there was more. That's my what should have been. But anyway, I'll get, I'll say more about that. It's the morning of the weddings. Emma's dad goes to see Liv just to congratulate her. And we see how close their families were growing up. And she realizes, and this is, this is Liv. She can't continue to sabotage Emma's wedding. So she sends Kevin, her best or her man of honor to go and switch the DVDs. But he thinks that it's more sabotage. So he doesn't switch the DVDs. Emma's parents come to see her and give her a wedding box um, that she saved since she was a little girl. And it's all of the mementos that her and Liv have saved. Um, Even the little clip that they found from the bride way, way, way back in the day at the plaza in June with their mums. Emma wants to go see Liv, but it's time to walk down the aisle. And they see each other just as they're about to walk down the aisle. They even smile at each other as if, you know, they're good with everything. They're good with each other now. As Emma's walking down the aisle, though, the video of her at spring break shows, and it is not a flattering video. Yeah, it's a pretty bad Fletcher look. becomes enraged, and Emma is livid. She goes over to Liv's wedding and starts attacking her. And it ends up that Emma is saying she can't do it anymore. They both lie down on the ground on the like in the middle of the aisle. Fletcher ends up saying she can't be friends with Liv anymore. He tells Emma, you she's a bad influence. You can't be friends with Liv anymore. And that she's ruined their wedding. Emma says, you know what? You are in love with a girl that you met 10 years ago, not with the girl that I am now. You know, she says, you know it. You know it too. And Fletcher agrees. And they break up right there. They split up. Emma and Liv finally apologize to each other. Liv even asks her to stand up at the altar with her while she gets married to Daniel. Emma dances after at the reception with Liv's brother, Nate, and Liv's about to interrupt it. But Daniel says, you know what? This is our day. Just let them let it organically happen. The two of them. And we know that Emma and Nate are going to be together. We fast forward. Sarah loves a good closure. One year later, (laughs) Liv and Emma are meeting for lunch. It turns out Emma ended up marrying Liv's brother, Nate, and she's pregnant. And so is Liv. 
They're dun, both dun, dun. they're both pregnant and due on the exact same date. So is this like foreshadowing to another chaotic nine months? Or do we do we maybe see like more I feel like they opened they left it open that yeah. they could do another movie, which I think would be really funny. Like what is it? Prego Wars? <laughs> Prego Wars. What would be in Prego Wars, you think? I don't know. What <laughs> like um I don't know, like breathing exercises. Oh yes, doing like, all the like, um, the like prenatal classes, the classes together. Yeah, baby registries, baby showers. You know, oh, I don't know a joint baby shower. Sure, sure. Yeah, I still have more bridezilla yes, stories yes, okay. if we want to run through. Hit a me, more. hit me. Okay, this person says my husband was asked to be the best man at his uh, friend's wedding. The couple decided not to get married for two years. They had time to plan their dream wedding and save for their honeymoon to an expensive location. Oh, no, I can already see where this is going. <laughs> the planning process was a nightmare. Several friends had dropped from even attending oh, the wedding no. due to the bride's awful attitude and the groom's sense of entitlement. What? About six months before the wedding, the groom asked my husband about the bachelor party. My husband told the groom that he and the other groomsmen would get a limo and do a bar crawl with some adult entertainment at a great spot close to home. The groom said nothing. The following day, however... The bride sent a group text to all the groomsmen, ripping them what? a new one, saying they're effing useless. Oh, my God. And she can't believe she's doing their jo job. She said that they've had two years to plan and save, and the bachelor party needed to consist of, at minimum, <laughs> oh a three-day weekend no. in Vegas, no. renting a suite at Caesars Palace, oh and treating God. the groom like a king and footing the oh. entire bill. Gross, Kay. I hate that. Yeah. This was about the time when the movie <laughs> The Hangover came out, oh. so I think it was very so this like... This is like, oh, we want to live like the, the actors from I Hangover. Be like Let's Zach lose one of you and then yeah. go on an adventure. Let's meet Mike Tyson. Like. <laughs> Let's have a tiger. Um, my husband ended up texting the bride outside of the group and told her that some life issues had come up and we couldn't afford an extravagant weekend in Vegas, but the bar crawl would be great right. and the groom would surely have a good time was not good enough. Oh. She texted paragraphs about how our money problems were not her problems, and if he couldn't do this, they would find another best man who would. Wow. Yeah, they kick him out. <sighs> she says they jazzy Jeffed him out of the wedding party. Jazzy Jeff. Remember how in, in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, oh, how yes. Uncle Phil would always pick up <laughs> Jazzy Jeff and just throw him out? Um, <laughs> okay. This next story. I feel like as a new parent, you're going to love this, Sarah. When my best friend from high school married his first wife, notice his first wife. Oh, no, that right there. <laughs> he asked them um, uh, that my then four-year-old daughter and his goddaughter be flower girl. Oh, his fiance, cute. our bridezilla of the oh, story, okay. <laughs> chose a dress for my daughter that cost $600. <gasps> oh, my God. I gently explained to her that we didn't have money to spend $600 on a dress. Yeah. She blew up. She cried. She yelled. Finally, we calmed her down and convinced her that an $80 Macy's dress yeah. would be fine, which she says was still out of our price range at the time, but we made it work. As we got closer to the big day, she called to tell me that I would need to leave early from work the Friday before the event oh to God. drive my four-year-old daughter two hours away to spend the <gasps> night with her and her friends in a hotel room what? and be prepared to fork out $250 for her hair and makeup <gasps> in the morning. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. So... Um, this person says, one, my daughter doesn't really know any of you. Two, like, I wouldn't trust you to take care of a, 
a hamster alone my kid. Right, Three, a like, four-year-old. Yeah, no. You and your sorority sisters are getting bleep-faced while my kid does what exactly? Yeah, like, why yeah. Why am I dropping my kid off the night before when obviously you guys are going to be partying? Um, and also $250 for hair and makeup. Uh, for a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah, not no. going to fly. So the, <laughs> the mom is like, she's going to be at the church an hour ahead of schedule, don't worry, and we'll go through everything, and the bridezilla says fine, but if she shows up looking like a hooker, I'll kill you. <gasps> she's four! I know, she's four, guys. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, what kind of, oh my God. So day of, we show up with my daughter looking adorable. She napped in the car. She had a snack. She kept to herself. Oh, she was so good. She kept her pretty dress clean. She was thrilled to be a flower girl. It was actually her second gig at oh, flower girl. St- oh, so she was a pro. The bridezilla wanted her to practice before the ceremony and yelled at her for not scattering oh. the petals evenly. Oh my God, I can't. I mm-hmm. can't. She's four. Then she got yelled at for like paying attention to something else while the bridezilla was getting mad at the rest of the wedding party for something. I can't. This is awful. Oh, this is where we hit the peak though. No. We finally got the thing started. We made it through. Then we went outside the church to congratulate the bride and groom. Uh, my daughter came running up to me and my right. husband for hugs and the bride freaked out about that because she was supposed to stay with the wedding party. Oh my God. Um, and then oh what is happening? So, so the bride's like, we got to go take pictures. Your, your daughter's got to come with us. Right. And, the mom was like, well, like, I'm going to give her some snacks beforehand. No, absolutely not. We got to go right She's... now. It ended up being two hours. Oh, no. And She's when, probably so hungry. When they all got back, I guess the daughter was like almost in tears because she oh, was so hungry. Oh, my God. That's awful. Oh, that's yeah. so bad. The end of the story is, thank God she ended up cheating on him and they got a divorce. Oh, so no. <laughs> oh, a little silver lining there for you. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Thank God that ended yeah, horribly. Yeah, thank God. Because uh, clearly it began horribly as well. Yeah, destined to doom. Destined for doom. Yeah. Last Bridezilla story. So this couple gets engaged right around New Year's. Immediately they had planned a wedding in Cancun for that November, like the, the coming November. At the beginning of January, they demanded to know if you'd be coming to their wedding. Um, they wanted to know the exact dates of your travel to and from Cancun. They texted every single day for a week asking Quote, if we'd figured out our schedule yet. Turns out it was a timeshare resort vacation club in quotations and that the bride and groom would get a free night stay for everyone. Yeah. They get into coming to their terrible. I was just about to say that's why they did it because the the hotel was waiting for them to tell them how many people were coming so that they could get a free night or however many. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. Wow. Like the gall of people. Hey, you know what? Yeah. It's, um, I find sometimes bridezillas or groomzillas, it's very, uh, apparent that they it's it's about them it and they live in this like crazy world of reality where it's all about them oh yeah like i've i've heard of bachelor parties where like the the groom's disappointed because they didn't do enough stuff or you know or like (sighs) yeah brides that oh yeah sure pick any dress you want and it's like oh but you can't pick that one oh i don't like that one oh yeah and it's like then you should have just told me what dress you wanted to wear me to wear oh like, man. come on communication is the best yeah. just tell me what you want <laughs> yeah. and i can give you a thumbs up thumbs down if it's possible you know what i do have a mother-in-law zilla real quick if we wanted sure i thought you were gonna talk about my mom oh no 
imagine <laughs> at like, our wow, wedding. Let gutsy. me tell you something. Uh, no, this person says uh, the the yeah mother in law Zilla dictated pretty much everything. It stopped being our wedding and became her wedding, and she is crazy. The whole wedding <laughs> she is was crazy. no longer focused on my wife and I, but mother in law handing my wife off to me was kind of the vibe. <laughs> She had a mommy-daughter dance. She had a 30-minute-long speech about raising my wife, including playing several inappropriate baby videos. No. She... Oh, my God. <laughs> this, this gets really good. She made a toast to herself. <laughs> Cheers to me. <laughs> I'm pretty great, so this toast is going to be to myself. I did a really good job raising her. Everybody raise your glass for me. <laughs> She she cut the cake with the wife. No. <laughs> yeah. Who'd you marry your daughter? My God. Honestly, she tossed the bouquet. The mother-in-law tossed the bouquet. No. Yeah. <laughs> and she departed the wedding in the limo with them. <gasps> Nobody's getting busy that night. <laughs> oh, and there's, well, yeah, because there is one really weird piece. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. They say that the weirdest one is the bridal lingerie literally said mommy's girl. No. Yeah. No. That That's no. when it crosses to like, no. this is very no. like. That yeah. is, nobody was getting busy. Didn't, nobody was getting mm. lucky that night. Mm. That is real awkward. That is. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. That's Ooh, super inappropriate. Ick. It sounds like, uh, I'm just reading along here. It sounds like the relationship did not last. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Are we on to uh, quick facts? We are. Quick facts. Originally, the film was conceived as a teen comedy with Emma Roberts as Liv and Nikki Reed as Emma. Emma I, could, I could see it. Emma Roberts? I love that. Yeah, I know. Me too. But I, I mean, I like this one too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. This was Kate Hudson's first producing credit on a feature film. The director also directed the movie 13 Going on 30. And the script was finished just before the 2007-2008 Writers Guild of America strike. The film's cast includes one Oscar winner, Anne Hathaway, and two Oscar nominees, Kate Hudson and Candace Bergen. Liv's engagement ring is a five-carat Tiffany Novo cushion cut. One shot during the reception includes a complicated series of dance steps. After many failed attempts, an extra who happened to be a dance instructor asked to teach the actors how to perform the steps correctly. <laughs> Several wives and girlfriends of the 2009 Red Sox players were extras in the wedding shower scene. Kate Hudson and Steve Howie appeared together again in the movie Something Borrowed in 2011. In the movie Sweet Home Alabama, Candace Bergen's character states that the wedding should be at the plaza in June. It is also implied that she plans quite a lot of that wedding as well. The episode of American Idol Emma and Fletcher are watching is the top 24 guys performances from season 7. During a scene in which their characters slap each other, Kate Hudson accidentally hits Anne Hathaway straight in the face very hard. Despite the fact that Hudson hit her with a big diamond ring on her finger, she kept shooting the scenes in pain. Hudson later found out that Anne Hathaway uh, was sitting in a chair with an ice pack on her face. Oh, poor thing. Honorable mentions. Okay, we didn't talk much about her um, oh. in the movie. Yeah, okay. But Kristen Johnston as Deb is hilarious. Oh, I didn't think you were going she for her. She is so funny in this movie because, like, you are meant to hate her, and you do. And she is the 
very alpha um, co-worker of Emma's who ends up being Emma's uh, maid of honor. I wouldn't say alpha. No. She's very presumptuous she's just, she's in very terms presumptuous, of like, oh, very, you're going to do this for very me, right? Very pushy and yes. doesn't actually want to do anything. So no. like, yeah, let me take that away. Not the alpha, but like what I just said, because <laughs> she, and I thought she did a really good job at the side character. Okay. I, I thought for sure you were going to say a different side character. I thought you were going to say Amanda. The best friend who gets married off the oh, top of the movie. Oh, she is so funny. Played by June Diane Raphael, who... Yes, New yes, girl. Yes. She, she's been in so many shows as just, like, she was in the league. She's voices for Big Mouth, Grace yeah. and Frankie. I thought she was so funny. I think every every movie like this needs the one, br- <laughs> like, wife, bride, whatever, who's just so, like... She kind of hates her husband. She's like, I can't wait for my second wedding. It's are gonna you, be awesome. Yeah. Are you breathing? Oh God, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> like very um reminds me of This Is Forty. Yes. Paul Rudd and yes. um what's her name? I can't even remember. Oh my god. They had such a Leslie Man. Leslie Man, exactly. Like very much those vibes where it's like, I just <laughs> yeah. some days I really think about how I would murder you. Yeah. Kind of vibes. Um yeah. oh, you, god. you can't have too many of those characters, no. but June and it does was, it gracefully. It like, was just a, a, a perfect amount, you yeah. know? She was Sprinkled in like five or six through. scenes throughout mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. She was great. And at the end, I think she does make a joke, like, I can't wait for my second wedding to be here or like something yes. like that, like at the plaza. Right. Yeah. I thought she was so good. Uh, what should have been? Okay. At first, my, what should have been is that I think we should have seen more chemistry before Emma and Nate. Like I wish there was more, but at the same time, Emma is just such a good person that she never would have flirted too much with Nate being with Fletcher. But I wish there was a little bit, maybe, maybe a backstory of that. They did date before she dated Fletcher or that there's a confession of love from Nate. And then instead of just like, I wish I wouldn't have waited so long, like, and just that line, like I wish there was a little bit more of like a, a, a click. I agree. I, I kind of just wanted more of the other side characters who didn't get a whole ton of screen time. Like Nate, yeah, just just have him in a few more scenes. Yeah. So it feels like he's present. So when mm-hmm. she ends so up, so when it does him, happen, it's like, oh right, I've I've seen him a lot today. Like right. when he came back near the end of the movie, I'm like, oh right. Yeah. He was in the first scene, and then he was in a scene like 60 minutes into the movie. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. there he is. Yeah. Um. Sta- same with Dan, Steve Howie. Yeah. I feel like Chris Pratt was in it quite a bit. Yeah, but I but to go off of that with Chris Pratt, like I kind of wish like it, I I found his um his change of feelings or toward Emma kind of happened out of nowhere. Yeah, a little bit. Like I wish it was a little bit, you know, it, it coincided or was a little bit stronger. I agree because yeah. I liked them together for a long time, yeah. and then it was like a, a, a sudden, switch was like, flipped, oh, and you're like, oh, I don't like them. Red flag. Where did, oh, where did this happen? Okay, yeah. yeah. I agree. And overall rewatchability. Okay, my rewatchability is chemistry five. Okay. And this is the chemistry between Kate Hudson and Anna Hathaway. Okay, that's exactly what I did as well. Okay, perfect. Storyline four, Thirst Factor 4.8, Imagination 3.8, Soundtrack 3.9, Cheese 3 for an overall score of 4.08. I love this movie. Wow, a 4.08. Yep, yep. I stick by it. So, like, four is getting into, like, really great yes, territory. Yes, it's wonderful. I love watching this movie. Okay. <laughs> I've got a chemistry 4.2, okay. which is my highest score, and I agree with you. I looked more at Kate Hudson. Correct. Anna Hathaway. Uh, Storyline of 3.5. Thirst Factor of 4.1. I almost want to rename Thirst Factor sometimes because, like, in this one, it's not like, 
a lust. It's a love. I love Kate Hudson right, and Anna Hathaway right. in terms of like, so yeah, 4.1. Imagination, I'm going to give it a 3.1. Okay. Because there are so many like prank movies out there where, ooh, somebody's going to get so-and-so. And like, yeah, but like, I've never seen it done like that. Like the tanning bed, the hair salon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was the one with um the guy from Game of Thrones where it was the three girls, Kate Upton, the Leslie man? Oh, the other woman. The other woman. Like... You know what I mean? We've seen the whole print. I gave Imagination a 3.1. Okay. Soundtrack a 3.4. There was a lot of original music in this. There was also, we opened with a Colby Calais song. <laughs> um, just throwing a little French accent in there. <laughs> <laughs> cheese. Cheese, though, I had a 2.5. Okay. Yeah. I just thought, you know, there was a lot of cheese in this. It, anytime you have a lot of gags in a movie, I feel like they're going to get cheesy at times. So I struck it right down the middle. For an overall score of a 3.46 for Dev. Oh, that's not that bad. Which that's is good. Which is a really good watch. It's not iconic. It's not like a, tr- oh, this is a truly great movie. But like, this is a good movie. It's a very good movie. It's an enjoyable watch. It's fun. Yeah. And this has been the rom-com rewind of Ride Wars. Thanks for listening. <laughs>